0: People don't realize it, but they're looking at their sales funnel completely backwards, in my opinion. So, what they think about is they think about, I need traffic. And then they say, okay, then I need them to go where? A website. And I'll do that email marketing thing later. In fact, they should be building that back end first, then the front end, then the traffic. And the reason I say that is if you get people to your website, your landing pages, and you don't have a plan, on what happens next and what can happen next you're really missing a ton of opportunities wasting a lot of time and missing you know missing money as well
1: welcome to the business mastermind podcast with business strategist speaker and author Gavin Preston tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey guys, as I jump between your ears right now as you listen to this, I hope I find you well and you're looking forward to you know enjoying a bit of good weather, a bit of sun. If you're in the UK, your kids are probably have already broken up from the summer holidays Uh, fun and joy or challenge whichever that represents to you but uh, wishing you a great summer and I want to be able to provide great content for you over that summer and as you keep listening I've got something to share with you at the end about an upcoming improvement to the Business Mastermind podcast new format that we're going to be releasing soon and um, with the amount of work that's coming into it and uh, the format and the caliber of the guests that I pre-recorded for you I think you're going to love it but more of that coming Today we talk to Jason Wright of uh, Intentionally Inspirational. We talk about marketing, we talk about marketing funnels, but specifically we talk about five strategies around developing your content, how you can use like something simple like your email footer um, to train people in a five step process to progressively engage with you from you know a brand new person to ultimately you know a prospect then a customer we talk about call to actions we talk about frequency of emails um you hear a lot of stuff you see from the US people with email campaigns they don't always land as well in the UK but we what I try to do is ask some questions to one pick what's the essence that's going to work that's going to take an interested party to a customer without over uh, you know bombarding them with emails um, this was recorded a few months ago i had a period where i was uh, had an oversupply of uh, people keen to be on the podcast so i managed to do a lot of a load of interviews and i had a, a huge sort of a, um, a number of interviews in the bank um, I think this might have been recorded quite late at night because we're both in quite a chilled mood. So I'm giving you energy now and I apologise if some of my questions and the pace and cadence of what I share with you is a little more mellow. I'm thinking as I think back that I was probably recording this something like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So I apologise in advance to you around um, <laughs> around the fact that maybe uh, the pace could... A little bit more energetic and a little bit quicker. Bear with. There's some gems in there. There is some real sort of uh, uh, tactics around marketing, around digital marketing, that will help you with attracting, building and nurturing relationships with customers, uh, with prospects, and um, calling to action of those prospects so that they can become customers. <laughs> Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. I'm speaking with Jason Wright. Jason is the founder of internationally, IntentionallyInspirational.com intentionally inspirational.com, and is a specialist in helping people with online revenue streams to really promote their the impact and the reach of their marketing and drive people into buying online from their business. So Jason, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. So first of all share a, a
1: little of your background what got you into the wor- world of online sort of sales and in particular into funnels and uh, and automation and uh, building out um sort of uh, online sales channels for business owners how did you how did you arrive here
0: Yeah it wasn't the plan <laughs> <laughs> I originally started um About five years, a little little bit more than five years ago, I was just blogging. right, I was blogging about quitting the nine to five and making money online. And I hadn't done so successfully myself at the time. So it was kind of uh, uh, I was writing about what I was hoping to accomplish. But anyway, um, just in order to get my message out there in front of more people and try to impact people, encourage people, I learned some basic marketing to just expand the reach of my blog. And uh, I was using a platform called Upwork at the time, still use it. And I was noticing there was a lot of people out there seeking help with what I just learned for myself and marketing. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if there's a steady work there. I wonder if there's something there and it paid a lot better than writing blogs for other people's and things like that as well. So I was like, okay. And I would tell people, I would say, Hey, I don't know how to do all of what you want, but I'll put in the work and find out. So I guarantee when it's done, it'll be what you want, but I'm going to learn on the way. And a lot of people are like, okay, so uh, to make a long story short, that's kind of how I got into it. And I just uh, have niched down over time um, as the opportunities have presented themselves. And as I've kind of seen where my interests lie. Great. So in your words, and you'll do it better than me, describe
1: the niche that you're in now and what it is that you do for clients now.
0: Yeah, I really help um, help people with their, their sales funnel. And that can be um, both from a strategy perspective and an architecture perspective. Uh, I do it in a language that people understand, which is really important. So I say, hey, let's talk about the customer journey. What is your marketing doing to move people forward in that process? And then where the funnel really comes in is, you know, once people discover your brand and you get them on your list, what happens next? You know, how can we create sales? How can we create repeat sales, et cetera, et cetera? So I do that. And then, you know, specifically uh, I work with active campaign and click funnels and Zapier is kind of the niche marketing stack of choice. Great. Great. And um, for those of uh, uh,
1: people who don't know what most, or what a sales funnel is, I would imagine most people listening to this do, but what's a sales funnel in case there's some listeners that don't know?
0: Yeah, I've been explaining this differently more recently and I like it, but it's really um, kind of about building relationship, right? With a new contact. It's introducing them to your world it's giving them a little bit of value in exchange for an email address and then it's keeping that relationship going all the way to the point of them becoming a customer and a repeat customers it's doing so in such a way that you know it helps uh, you know grow your business increase your sales and uh you know keep it keep it going that way and your, your client base are they international yeah absolutely so clients from all over the world um, it's not um, industry specific i work with people with products uh, services and you know uh, info products as well in a combination of those three great yep. um, so one of the things
1: that uh, the, the us have always uh, ahead of the uk in particular in terms of online marketing strategies and the use of funnels and auto uh, email sequence or to respond sequences um do do you see different uh, receptivity in different territories around the world to between consistent emails that are coming into inbox? I know that 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 you know some would say email three times out a week, even you know even daily in some cases. But do you see uh, any lower receptivity in different territories around the world to regular emails like that? As far as sending them or
0: receiving them on the behalf of the person on the list who's receiving them. Yes. Interesting question. Um, I don't really, I don't really know. I'll tell you, uh, I send emails out once a week and obviously I've got automations as well. If I'm receiving, it doesn't matter how much I like you. If I'm receiving emails daily, probably going to unsubscribe. Cause I don't want to yeah, talk yeah. to anybody that much, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there's some people I follow that sometimes do the two or three times a week and I, I struggle to not unsubscribe. It just becomes annoying. So yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. think of email as just having a conversation with a neighbor, do you want to talk to your next door neighbor every day? I don't, maybe you do, but, but that's the way that I think about it, you know? So, uh, but as far as, um, different for, you know, receptivity or receptiveness, I should say to different areas of the kind of the world, I really don't know. I'd be right. lying okay. if I made up an answer.
1: Yeah. yeah, No, no worries. But yeah, you actually have ads in terms of that cadence of once a week, you find yeah. uh, that that's a fit that work, that works for you. Okay. So it, obviously over the last 12 months, more and more, businesses have had to do, if they hadn't already, to really sort of build out their online proposition, their digital marketing channel, whatever language we want to describe it. Um, What mistakes do you see people make when they're
0: starting to try and engage and sell online? Yeah, great question. Um, There's a lot. So number one is um, a lot of people will already have a big email list. And they'll say, Jason, I've got this email list of whatever the number is, but I don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. to talk about. So they've got this great digital asset that they don't use. Okay. And if they do use it, all they do is try to sell, sell, sell. And the example I give, let's go back to the neighbor. If I'm your next door neighbor, you say, hi, I'm Tom. When I move in and then I never hear from you again. And then every time I see you, you're like, Hey, can I borrow your table saw? Can I have this? Can I have this? I'm going to be like, get out of my life, Tom. There's no relationship here. So there's one big mistake. And the other one is, People don't realize it, but they're looking at their sales funnel completely backwards, in my opinion. So what they think about is they think about, I need traffic. And then they say, okay, then I need them to go where? A website. And I'll do that email marketing thing later. In fact, they should be building that back end first, then the front end, then the traffic. And the reason I say that is if you get people to your website, your landing pages, and you don't have a plan, on what happens next and what can happen next, you're really missing a ton of opportunities, wasting a lot of time and missing, you know, missing money as well.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So you, in terms of them
1: re-engineering that, so what are the questions that you ask people to get them to think about their funnel in the right way, getting them yep. to really serve the customers better?
0: Yep. And I, I go real high level I say, okay, I discover your brand online. What happens yep. next? Okay, how do I get on your email list? And it's always crazy when people say, you can't get on my email list unless you unless you buy something. I'm like, really? Right. Wow, we're missing an opportunity there, my friend. Because as you know, most sales don't happen in the first five touch points. six, seven, eight, nine, 15. I've had people join my list and it takes them a year and a half to buy. Everybody's sure. different, different places, different needs. So um, that, that relationship needs to be the focus. So I talked to them. Somebody finds the brand. What happens next? They get in your email list. Usually, nothing happens next, and there's a big opportunity there. It's just walking through it in you know three to five steps on what that looks like, and then you can always drill down with more detail in that customer journey. You mentioned uh, just a
1: few minutes ago about you find that it, people have got this asset, this list that they're not yeah. doing anything with. Yeah. They're not building that relationship, but also they say, "Hey, what do I write about? What about content? How do you how do you help people?" who've got that list that they're not,
0: they're struggling for what to come up with by way of content. Yeah, I had this conversation this morning, so it's nice and fresh in my mind. So what I've done, and, and it works well for me, it's pretty simple, is I've come up with this concept of the five buckets. It's kind of a okay. Venn diagram with these, you know, different circles that overlap. And I say, okay, if you had to pick five areas of your business that overlap, right? They still reflect what you do and what you're about, but they're, they're different what would they be? So for my brand, for example, it might be uh, motivation, it might be um, entrepreneurship in general, might be digital marketing broadly, might be sales funnel, sales funnel specifically, and then maybe, you know, something else in there as well. And the point is it gives you different buckets to pull ideas from and content from, and it prevents your list from being exhausted from hearing about the same thing every week. So it's like, give me five different angles uh, of content you can talk about with your company. And then once you've got those five buckets, you can use that concept for social media and podcasting and all of your content uh, production channels. And then when you go to write your weekly emails, if you like to make a, a spreadsheet that says, Hey, week one, we're going to talk about bucket one. And then it's like, okay, if I know the general theme of what I want to talk about, what's that subject line going to look like, right? Am I, Making a direct call to action, or am I not and you, you can kind of just build out a simple spreadsheet that, that helps with that planning of the content so okay right. I love that I love that five bucket
1: anans- uh, analogy yep. um, what's your do, do you recommend uh, an appropriate kind of split between how much is content how many how many pieces of content you will deliver a value before you make an offer
0: yeah, it's interesting question so this is not something i came up with but it does work well and i use it but i use a a, a passive journey customer footer so at the bottom of all my emails for my weekly list it says something like uh, not sure where to go next step one follow us on social media step two get all of my best free stuff here all of my resources my content step three listen to the podcast or apply to become a guest step four here's some work with the company options And then step five is work with Jason options. So there's literally an outline that shows you how to kind of ascend down the funnel, if you will, in every email. So even if I just give value or just entertain, you still have the ability to buy because I'm putting it right in front of you without drawing attention to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sometimes when I have a new offer in mind, I'll tease it for a few weeks or sometimes a few months. I'll say, hey, if I was going to roll this offer out, and charge us much money, who would be interested in being the first on the list? I'll actually pre-sell new offers before I build anything. Because otherwise you waste a lot of time. Took me years to figure that out. So um, most of my offers are evergreen. Sometimes I'll do some shorter stuff, but uh, you know, mid and high ticket is kind of my business. But uh, I like to build a little pressure. I like to tease a little bit, get feedback, and then uh, kind of see who's ready to buy before they've seen anything. So I hope that answers your question.
1: Yeah, yeah you, you test the market to see, you know, looking for yeah. looking for signals in the market to say who's going to buy and whether actually your product's hitting the mark. Yep, absolutely. And do you, that's one way of getting feedback from your list, from your customers to yep. what they want. How else well do you get engagement from them in terms of what they're looking for, what their needs are?
0: Yep. So talking to them, you know, if you have a Facebook group, which I think is a, still thinks a great asset and you can get on lives and you're not scared of the, the mic and the camera, actually having conversations with them that way is huge as well. So an email list is obviously a great asset, but anytime you can go live and interact with members of your audience as well, it's really, really powerful. So just trying to open up those actual dialogues of conversation, you know, and talking to some of my best clients, who so, you know, those people that just kind of buy everything. I just picking their brain and saying hey and a lot of times what's neat is your best clients will come to you and say hey i've never seen you offer this but have you ever considered offering this man i'd buy that thing now and i'm like hmm let's talk about that more so when you get those raving fans um, your audience will actually give you insights you had never got on your own
1: yeah awesome yeah i love yep. that um so the the frequency then you're touching base every every week um how often you when know, you're giving value, one thing I, I was once told, if all you do is give them value, but you don't come up with a new offer, then you're not training. There's, there's almost no way of um, why would they continue to listen? You know, why, why would they continue to engage if you're not going to take them on that journey to a new offer? So how often should you
0: be coming up with new offers to that marketplace, to that list? It's a tough question because, um, you know, some people have built really successful companies online sticking to one offer, right? all they do is Focus on one offer, but what they do in their content is they're not scared to show their personality, they're not scared to entertain, share their you know, it's sad. People love it when you share your failure. Hey. If I put together an email like this is the worst failure I've ever had, the open rates go through the roof. People are just sick that way, you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't know if there's a good answer for that. But people will follow you um, because they relate to you, people will follow you because you're entertaining, um, they like the stories, they like the chances you take. It's not always about. Um, they're going to listen so long, and then if they don't buy, they're going to go away. So, again, you got to go back to thinking about a relationship. So, uh, maybe the offer you have is really high ticket, and they just can't afford it for a few years. And then, some things change in their business. Like, now I'm ready. So, yeah. You know. Great. Great so keeping
1: on their radar I, I i know for in the past and when i've uh if i've been on people's list for 18 months for two years before i bought anything from them but yeah. because i got an email every week like i was
0: they were on my radar and then when the time was right then i engaged them so it does Absolutely. work yeah, yeah it does it does work frequent uh, touch points of any kind through email i mean you can even just keep it very simple content it's it's very valuable it very it really is yeah yep
1: and in terms of these funnels often there's a core product and then there's an opportunity to do an upsell or a downsell um do, have you found any sort of uh formulas that work you know, may, do too many subsequent offers one click upsells and it doesn't
0: doesn't work what what what's the learning you've got there i think the key is when you think through your offer so whatever your front end offer is uh, i think you have a great opportunity to upsell not only with like bumps but one-time offers but they've got to complement and be the logical area where people are going to struggle. So if you know your service or your product really well, uh, the longer you sell it, you know, hey, people who get this love it, but then they always fall into this trap here where then they don't know what to do with it or whatever the case may be. So as long as it logically makes sense and you're addressing needs that you know are going to exist, and you can kind of think through that and make sense out of it, it can be very, very effective. Um, How many you know, maybe a bump offer and a a one-time offer is good, but you can definitely put too many upsells and start to turn people off as well. So I'm a fan of getting people going. Maybe there's a bump offer, a one-time offer. And then after they've been in a program for a while and they've seen some results and they've worked with me or my company, then you can say, hey, did you know about these programs back here that aren't even, you can't even just opt straight into these. You got to do this thing first that you're in. Then you can apply, and then so you have some back end stuff that you save as well. And try to instead of trying to sell everything at once, you know, over the years, a number
1: of people have used webinars as a way of adding value and then selling uh, services off the back of those webinars. Uh, are they still as effective now as they were, or given that people are time poor with lots of potential distractions, do you still find that people will sit down and
0: watch a 90 minute webinar? 90 minutes, oh boy. I don't have a long attention span. So I personally like the idea of we'll call it a shorter webinar. There's, there's other things people call it, but something even in the 20 to 30 minute range can be very effective. And I think the key is if, if there's actual value, which sounds funny because there's a lot of webinars that are junk out there, but if there's actual value and you do a Q and a, that Q and a can be huge for somebody. Yeah. Uh, I still think there's a, a great opportunity to sell from webinars in, in my business, what I'm thinking about as we talk about this is uh, my invitation might not be for a product directly at the end, but it might be, um, it could be for a mid-ticket service or it could be for a, hey, you know, if you're interested, fill out this application for, for this program and we can talk more about it. So a lot of uh, my sales funnel involves jumping on a call, still selling from a call, like a Zoom call like this is, is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So even if you just sell the next step in the process, it's a call or an application, I think it'd still be very effective.
1: And do you have a, a process that, that the way you structure those calls that enables that you find works well in terms of taking an interested person and in, into a paying customer?
0: Yeah, good question. So I think this is something people ignore a lot, but I'm a, a Calendly user, really like Calendly. And I have a, my top of funnel offers a, a 20 minute new business call, right? And when it says, what is this call about? I found that having that list they can check one or more box about is absolutely huge. So mine has five options, right? And the options are the different services and the different levels that that I have to offer. So even just by what somebody selects, I know where they're probably going to be at. Oh, this person's going to be here. So it gives me a really good frame of reference of what I'm walking into. But, um, you know, using your calendar to kind of um, almost pre-screen people a little bit is really smart idea. And then sticking to that 20 minutes. You know, sometimes people will try to trick you, act like they're interested, and then try to flip it and sell you on something. And I, I, you know, I kill that right away as well. I have no interest.
1: So, in that 20 minutes, how much of that is you looking to understand about their business? Firstly, secondly, add value to
0: them. And thirdly, then convert. Yep. Great question. So, what I do is basically say, tell me about your business now. Where are you trying to go? And what that does, it's me doing almost no talking, it's me figuring out exactly where they're at and when people talk about like active campaign or they talk about the back end of their sales funnel i know that they've already got a successful business they recognize there's other things that they've put off that they're they're missing opportunities on so uh it, it tells me where they're at and then what i say is hey after this call whether you hire me or not i want to take a chance to make a screen share video go through your website and some of your stuff and give you feedback that will help you right away today even if you don't hire me and I'll give you a, a quote and kind of expectations for what we're talking about in there as well. So they get that free video after the call, which is huge. So, yeah. So a free video after the call. Yeah. Yep. Where, where you are basically giving them personalized advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Bespoke these that. are the top three things I would do in order, whether you hire me or not. And if you hire me, this is, uh, you know, these are the other areas that we can take this thing to another level, but it, it's, the whole point is it's uh, it's not just talking about giving value. It's doing something that- I love that. that, that that's
1: Yeah, whether you get them to the point of agreeing there and then you're following up, you deliver an even more value and it shows yep. that you're giving some thought and you have future pacing for them, them being customers. Yep. So and actually on that first call, do you actually try to convert them into a customer at that stage or just your next stage,
0: you give them the video and then take it the top three things and take it from there? It depends. So most of the traffic that I get on calls with is warm or hot, which is interesting. I don't work much with cold traffic. So it's all inbound. Sometimes people are like, hey, I know this client that that you work with. I'm ready to pay you today. And we don't even, you know, it's like, take my money. Um, I don't generally try to sell at all. I generally say, you know, where are you? Where are you trying to go? This is how I work with people. I let you know it's available. And I just kind of drop the mic and walk away. So sure. urgency is my best selling style. It's not a game, but my thought is I'm not going to beg anybody for the business at all. So if somebody's really ready, already knows what I'm offering, uh, we could get it going on the first call, but a lot of times after they send that video, you know, as soon as they watch it, Loom will email me. So I know when they've watched it, um, they'll reply back, you know, through email and say, Hey, I'm ready. What's the next step? So uh, that's usually how it goes. Sometimes there's a second call, but very rarely. So you're using Loom as a tool to be able to record oh, yeah. those videos and send that. Yeah. Yep. My favorite thing is as soon as I watch it, you get an email and, you know, in real time. Great. Great. So, so you know, whether somebody's engaged or not. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. And um,
1: you talked about one piece of email uh, interaction a week. It, what would you recommend on social media platforms then in terms of, you know, you've got your five buckets in terms of coming up with content. You're sending one email out a week. What do you recommend in terms of social media posts?
0: Great question. It's funny. I just had a conversation with my wife about this this morning and she was like, um, cause I just redid this for our team for 2021. And she said, this is crazy. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I said, we're going to get a, a VA to take that off your plate because she, you know, she wanted to be involved with this. Now she's like, I don't want to do it. But what I do is I'm a big fan of buffer. I, I use it to schedule social media, but they do a great job with putting content out there and value kind of in their area of expertise So I researched all their 2020 um, suggested posting times and frequencies by social platform. So then I look at all the platforms that we're actually, uh, you know, actively on and then kind of map what they're finding for that. So it's not just guessing um, there is data out there that really helps you make decisions. I put about three or four hours into it off the top of my head. I don't remember what it all is because it's a lot of information, but we focus on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You know, yep. it's overwhelming because there's so many options out there. Can you keep up with all of them? Pat Flynn can, but I'm not Pat Flynn and I don't have his money and his team. So um, stick with what works for you. But the key is just staying consistent. You know, Facebook is uh, our number one value adder from a social standpoint. But the data tells me that it's not just a guess, you know.
1: And where can people tap into the data as to when are the best times to uh, to post and on what platforms?
0: Yeah, so if you Google um, just that, you'll get uh, resources from like Buffer and Hootsuite and some of these really big names in the game out there. So I just did a Google search and kind of figured that out. But uh, like I said, I really like the information that Buffer puts out. So it's worth worth looking into for sure. But it takes right. the guesswork out of a lot of it. So. Yeah.
1: And and for, for businesses, obviously you provide a, a service in terms of helping them to build out those funnels, helping them to build out their... Uh, the active campaign being the, the CRM and um, an emailing platform, emailing tool. Um, typically what kind of results do people get after having engaged
0: your services, you know, kind of like before and after, where do you get them to? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, most people that I find uh, most of the work starts around active campaign, which is interesting. I never would have guessed that, but it's just a really good niche for me to be in. And They usually come to me saying hey i understand the value from a high level but i'm not doing anything so the results that people get is they start getting um, engagement from their list they start making sales they start uh, really feeling good about uh you know adding value and and kind of connecting everything else that they're doing all together right it doesn't feel segmented and the biggest piece that i don't think people realize uh, um, going into it is that ongoing strategy and relationship with somebody that will say hey it's a horrible idea or, Hey, that's a good idea. So they get this other partner in this relationship and all of their marketing really that they can bounce ideas off of and be confident about. So um, the results aren't just financial, you know, there's a bigger list, there's more confidence and all that stuff matters quite a bit as an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does.
1: I think because you uh, you know you, your list is is an asset, isn't it, to your business? And if you've oh, built yeah. that relationship with them, and that you know that they've got some responsiveness then, from you in terms of buying, then at a time when you might want to generate some more cash flow into your business, then a well
0: nurtured list actually oh, yeah. could become uh, a good ROI for your business at that stage. Absolutely, and it's fun, right? It's not fun when you send out emails, nothing happens. You do stuff on social, nothing happens. It's fun when things actually start happening because you know what happens for other people. Everybody's heard about the success stories out there, but when it starts to happen for you, it's like, oh, this is really cool, you know. And there's just so much data online that you'll never have offline that it makes you or gives you the ability to make decisions uh, around data, not just guessing all the time. So you must have had clients that have come to you that are in that former scenario
1: where nothing's they're posting on social, they have a list, they may be not using it actively, you know, proactively, but what are the steps you take them through to take them from not working
0: to working? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. And the biggest thing is people, they get, um, there's a lot of shame that goes around this stuff. A lot of people like every single client I talk to, it doesn't matter what they make. Uh, they can be very successful or brand new. There's a lot of shame that I know I should be doing this more or better or at all, and I'm not doing it. And they feel horrible about it. So you gotta take that shame away. But step one is let's come up with a plan that you can actually stick to and do no matter what. Because if you're not consistent, you're just going to disappear like everybody else. So imperfect action is something I preach. If you can commit to doing a Facebook live twice a week for a year, no matter what, your business will look very different in a year. Same thing with email. You send an email a week for a year, and you actually put personality into it and take some risks and try some things out. It's going to look very different. So consistency is definitely that step one because most people are terrible at it. Yeah. 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 It, it's key, isn't it? It's key to podcasting. It's key to Facebook
1: lives, etc. cetera. Um, but you know, for me personally, it's that cumulative effect of, right. There's a commitment to do two podcast shows a week. And then you say there's a commitment to, for argument's sake, to do two facebook lives a week and then an email a week and then all of a sudden you know that all of that can compound in terms of the time it takes to be able to do that absolutely so if you've already got a list and you're not doing a lot with a list that would be a place to start to get more engagement build that one email a week in before you maybe
0: add to it the consistency of say two facebook lives yep yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of do, you know, as few things as you can do, but do them well. So if all you can handle is two podcasts a week, by God, do, do podcasts a week. If you got a little extra time, maybe throw in a Facebook Live a week. And, you know, as businesses grow, and you have that ability to pull on that first team member, somebody can help you five hours a week, that can change your whole business. Five hours is a lot for having a VA or somebody take some things off your plate. But I love um, the idea of owners of businesses being the content creators. It's powerful, right? Your journey is always going to resonate with somebody. So there's certain things that I will never outsource for me because I enjoy it. I'm good at it. It's effective, you know, and a lot of people need to be thinking about that. I still meet people who are terrified of the camera, right? People will judge me. Guess what? People are judging you anyway. Everywhere you go, every day of your life, welcome to Planet Earth, you know? (laughs) So. If you can get comfortable in front of a mic, in front of a camera, even just a mic, it can change your business for sure. And it's a lot more fun. So I'm always a big fan of doing that.
1: And do you block time in terms of your schedule for content creation?
0: Yeah, um, I'm struggling with, I've got a podcast manager that puts everything together for us. But the distribution thing I just reworked, um, I've been messing with a little bit of, I need to get off my plate because it's just, it gets bumped, you know, it's like Sunday, Monday. So it's getting done today for the week, but generally all of our other blogs and social is, is all handled by other people. But uh, yeah, generally I do, uh, I do have it on my calendar to do two Facebook lives a week. Like today I'm going to do one and then Wednesday. So I block out as much as I can, but you know, sometimes hotter issues arise, like making money, uh, delivering what I've been paid to do. That's always number one and two for me. So Yeah, 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 for sure. For
1: sure, uh, you are a researcher. By you know, talking to you today, you you take the time to do a bit of background research to check out the data. Um, do you? What's your personal process to make sure that you still have enough time to do that
0: in the middle of you know running a business, delivering on clients, etc.? Yeah, so I'm kind of a weird one. Um, I go hard with this stuff. You know, I love this business. I love what we're doing. We actually have another business. Um, as well, I've got a wife, I've got kids. I love the game of golf, I live on a golf course. It's in the middle of winter in Indiana, so I can't golf now, but not too long. It'll be soon. So I just, uh, if I have to, sometimes I just stay up later or work longer to get it done. It's real important. So, you, you know, it's funny, is all this digital marketing that I've learned 100% self taught, right? And people say, well, how'd you learn active campaign? Well, they have help documents that are fantastic. So Google was my best friend for years. If I didn't know how to do something, I would Google it, see how to do it. And sometimes you can't find what you're looking for, but you can try and test and see what happens and learn. So I think that research piece of me has kind of helped me come this far. It helps me learn and make great decisions. You just got to be willing to put in the effort is what it all boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, You kind of touched on this, but how
1: do you know when to outsource something to an employee or a VA and when
0: to keep it on, on your own desk? Yep. This was a, a hard thing for me to, to realize, but none of us are good at everything, right? I'm good at um, getting on awesome shows like yours, right? I love talking to people. I love bringing attention to what we're doing. So this is something that that I'm, I'm it's important for me. Uh, I love selling, right? I love um, talking to clients with the high-end strategy. Everything else in my business, I can train somebody else to do and they can take away from me. So you have to know what can nobody do better than me in my own business. And those are my big three things. So is it perfect yet? No. Um, We've got my wife, myself and five part-time, you know, remote freelancers helping us with the thing and it's going well, but um, you know, there's still some things, like I told you, I can take off my plate and still some things that I need to keep training on like active campaign. It's a hard thing for people to learn. It's a big learning curve, but um, you just have to really know what you do well and it's probably going to turn into sales for you, right? It's probably going to turn into repeat business and raving fans as the, biz- as the business owner because uh, nobody's going to sell your business like you. So I think you just figure out you know, what your uh, essential tasks are in the business and you can outsource everything else. It may not happen right away, but you at least have a plan to work towards. Right, Jason,
1: I love it. So how does anybody listening to this uh, interview, this conversation, find out more
0: about you and about what you and your team do at Intentionally Inspirational? Yep, so you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com. Check out everything we're doing there. Uh, At the bottom of the page there, there's some uh, different free resources and things you can take advantage of as well. Awesome. Jason, thank you so much for your time today and coming on to the Business Mastermind podcast. I appreciate it, Gavin. Thank you.
1: Hey, Gavin here. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jason and you managed to stay awake even if I was a little um, slower in my delivery of my questions. My apologies. Those five steps, so five overlapping areas of your business to help you generate content. And it was a key thing that came out for me. How you can use a passive email footer to give five steps to encourage people to engage with you how um, the importance of a call to action, um, lots of good value in that conversation with Jason. I said in my intro that I uh, trailed a little with you about changes, upcoming changes to the Business Mastermind podcast. I'm excited about these. So we're going to move to a seasonal format. And the idea is I want to deliver more value. I want each of the episodes not only to go in greater depth, But um, So there will be longer episodes. They will have greater depth of interviews with specialists in subjects. And I'll provide some editorial content, some commentary throughout the journey, throughout the interview. So each one becomes a standalone masterclass. It'll be about an hour long. And about in the season, each season will have a theme. So the next two seasons that I'm queuing up in advance now, um, the one season will be on Revive. You you may remember me talking about the release last July, end of July uh, 2020 of my book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. You can get that on Amazon or get yourself a free copy. Just pay postage and packaging by going to surviveandthrive.cc. Anyway, Survive and Thrive. So the theme of the next season, season two uh, of the Business Mastermind Podcast is going to be revive. And we have some fascinating conversations around leadership, around psychology, around the psychology of reviving yourself and your team. Um, a number of people, my inspiration for the theme was I'm coming across a number of teams and businesses rebooting or trying to reboot post the disruption of 18 months of COVID and the feeling pretty um, jaded. They need You know, the jump leads or stand back while they shock, you know, the the defibrillator uh, uh, attaching to themselves and the team to reboot. So we talk to a sleep expert, we talk to a psychologist, going deep about to revive yourself, but also to revive your team in terms of engagement and motivation. We do leadership, we have a fascinating conversation about how not Generation the Millennials, but Generation Z, or Generation Z, depending where you are in the world, and how they can be the engine, you know, the kind of like fire starter in your business for the reboot. So each of those conversations is about an hour. It's about eight or nine episodes in a season. So... Um, after we come to the end of um, this current season <laughs> that's run for a total of two hundred thirty, well, two hundred thirty-one today, two hundred thirty-two episodes, we're gonna have a short break, and then we'll release uh, a season two around revive. We about eight or nine episodes, and then season three is around scale and around scaling your business. And here's the good thing, I'll tell you more later on, but for those of you that love the new format, that you'll want a sneaky peek uh, for an advanced look and binge it and, you know, do like a box set and get uh, Season 3 under your belt and listen to there'll be also a way that you can uh, get hold of Season 3 before it's, before it's released. So... I'd love to get your feedback um, if you love what you hear in the new season format, the deeper dive masterclasses, the hour-long format with my uh, commentary that enables you to sort of dip in and go back and listen to it more than once because uh, rather than sort of sort light heart sort of, sort of uh, interviews, these are going to be masterclasses that you'll go on to go back to. If you love that format, please do uh, share with others, encourage others to like, to review and, of course, to subscribe. So, yeah, uh, we've got another episode after this one. We will have a bit of a break and then uh, for a short period of time, just a few weeks, while we're putting the final final touches, the finishing touches to season two. And then we'll be rolling out season two. So I also look forward to receiving your feedback. Enjoy the sunshine if if you've got anywhere you are and... um, Look forward to rolling out season two themed revive in the next few weeks. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success and create more impact.